he's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The Transparent Truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to The Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Five Star Friday with my man, Greg Biggins. GB, what it do? What is up, Keith? How are you? It's Five Star Friday, my friend. I'm doing very well. Very excited about our guest today, GB. We got a a quarterback, not just a quarterback, we got a dual threat quarterback who can attack you and put pressure on a defense with his arms and his leg and scare a defensive coordinator into insomnia the night before the game. I'm talking about none none other than Sheldon High School 2019 quarterback, Hall of Fame All-American quarterback, Michael Johnson Jr. GB, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I like Michael as a a kid. He's just a a, a phenomenal kid, a pure heart. Guy known for a long, 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 long time. Known his dad for a long time. And I'll tell you what, man, the strides I've seen him make as a pure thrower from this time last year to this year are night and day. If he continues to make that kind of progress in terms of just his release, you know, a little more decisive, all those kind of things that, you know, that are important. I think in three, four years from now, we could be saying, dude, this guy is a absolute, I'll say this, he's got some Lamar Jackson qualities to him. No doubt. He runs an easy 4-5. I saw him do it in Las Vegas. They t- He ran a 4-5-8 without even trying hard. He's just a smooth athlete, man. This guy, it's like everything he does, it's just he makes it look real smooth and easy. If he takes another jump up in three or four years, man, he's got a chance to be something pretty special. I agree with you, Greg. I couldn't agree with you more. I think he needs to get with a a coach at the next level that can really develop him, kind of like Petrino did for Lamar Jackson. You know, Lamar Jackson was a 44% completion percentage quarterback in coming out of high school. And Petrino turned him into a very accurate quarterback, especially down the football field. Um in his system at his time at Louisville there I think Michael Johnson Jr. kind of cut from the same call a phenomenal athlete hurdler big time hurdler on the track this kid is special before we get to our interview with Michael Johnson Jr. we gotta remind people about our Sleeper of the Week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, and we're back 
Without further ado, shout out to high school's own 2019 four-star quarterback and Hall of Fame All-American, Michael Johnson Jr., here on The Transparent Truth. All right, now we'd like to welcome in Sheldon High School's own 2019 four-star dual threat, Michael Johnson Jr. MJ, what up? How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you coming on, man. I got my guy Greg Biggins here. You know, just one of the top gurus in America in that good old recruiting thing. We got a lot of questions for you, man. On this show, you only answer them one way, and that's with the transparent truth. You got me, MJ? Yeah, I got you. All right, GB, have at it, my man. Hey, so Michael, just spent three days with you out here in Southern California talking. Definitely want to talk to you about your whole Elite 11 experience, not just the football stuff, but I know you guys do a lot of a lot of off-the-field stuff, some really cool stuff with Michael Gervais, probably the top sports psychologist in the world. But I want to go back. Let's go back in time, MJ, to when you grew up. Obviously, your pops is a big-time football coach, and he's been with, what, Oregon State, the Chargers, the Falcons, the Ravens, the 49ers. He's been all over. Did you kind of growing up when you were little, talking like four, five, six years old, was it kind of just assumed that you're going to be a football player? Was it that your, did you love it? Did you kind of have to be, were you kind of pushed into it? Um, how'd that whole career start for you? Yeah, that was, that was, that was definitely my whole goal. It's all, my whole life I've always wanted to uh, play football. Um, ever since I was young, ever since I could ever like pretty much say what I wanted to be when I grew up, I always said a football player. So my whole life, that's, that's been the goal. So you made that choice for yourself. Uh, did you did you do any other sports, whether it be you know track or basketball or baseball, or was football always the one that you kind of gravitated towards? I mean, I ran track. I was actually um, I was actually a top hurdler in the nation. I got second in the nation in the hurdles at the Junior Olympics. I forgot what year exactly, but I was a good hurdler. My mom ran track at USC, so I kind of I tried that out a little bit. I played basketball, did the AAU circuit and stuff, but. I mean, my love is always on football. Um, that's definitely been where my heart's always been at. So right now, that's that's where I'm at, and that's where I'm focusing on. And as far as you can remember, going back to when you first started, were you always a quarterback? I was. I always, I always wanted to be a quarterback, but I was always, I was always the most athletic one on my team. So um, I, I, I played wide receiver. I played safety. I played running back. I played all those. Um, other business, I can get the ball in my hand. I wasn't like a full-time quarterback until I was maybe not nine. I wasn't even a full-time quarterback when I was nine. I was still playing two two positions. I was a full-time quarterback freshman freshman year was was the first year I just played quarterback. I was always playing Dang. other positions ever since then. Okay, what do you what do you what do you like about being a quarterback? I mean, for me. I've always felt it's the toughest position to play in, in all of sport, whether it be, you know, point guard in basketball or, or a pitcher in baseball, or a golfer. I don't think there's anything harder than being a quarterback at the highest, highest levels. What do you love most about being the quarterback? I just love being a leader, being a leader on the team, being able to take control of the offense, take control of the team. I think that's a challenge. I think that's a hard thing to do. And I just, I love um, being able to take control and being able to lead like my brothers on and off the field. That's what I really like about quarterback. Now, I mentioned all the, all the places where your dad's coached. Did you move around a lot when you were young? You know, maybe ages like five through even now. I remember I kind of joked with you last year when Willie Taggart got that Florida State job. I said, hey, man, you guys want to move again? And you're like, man, I hope not. I don't want to move again. Did you kind of move yeah. a lot when you, were, when you were young? And what was that like for you? Yeah, I was moving about maybe every every two, every three years when I was younger. 
Um, I mean, I didn't really like it that much, but I mean, it's made me a real social person. It's made me uh, able to get along and relate and talk to people of all ethnicities and people from all over the country and people from all different types of backgrounds. So I feel like it's just helped me. Um, helped me where I am now. But when, when it was happening, when I, when I was moving along, I didn't really like it that much. Where, where, where were, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but where were some of the, your favorite places? Did you enjoy, like, San Diego? Did you, like, live in, I'm assuming you lived in Baltimore and Atlanta when you're impossible with the Falcons? Uh, you got. I know you got to have a couple stories for me, but what was it like? Were you, were you in the locker room? Were you kind of able to meet, you know, whether it be Ray Lewis or Michael Vick? Uh, did you have any of those kind of locker room stories? Were you kind of meeting, did you ever get, get to meet some of the professional uh, football players at that time? Yeah. I met I met everybody. So I mean, my favorite was Atlanta. I would say just because of Michael Vick. Uh, Michael Vick was the guy that was used my favorite player ever. Um, I looked up to him so much. But my dad was uh, actually his quarterbacks coach, so that was mainly. I liked Atlanta a lot. Um, I would say that was my favorite. And then uh, when I moved to the Bay Area, when my dad was coaching with the Niners, I'd say that was my second favorite. Okay. Not mainly because of the team or the like Niners or anything like that. Mainly because like I spent uh, seven years in the Bay Area, and that's the most sure. I've ever spent anywhere in my entire life. So I feel like I really made a lot of uh, a lot of connections there. Kind of finally got to settle down a little bit, at least until this past year or two years ago when you moved to Eugene, Oregon. But you mentioned Michael Vick. You know, maybe not another uh, a more dynamic quarterback, maybe ever. Um, what was he like? You mentioned you, you mentioned you met him. What was he like on off the field? I mean, we all know how great he was as a football player. But what was he like with you and, and kind of you know just off the field with his teammates interacting? Uh, you know, give me that side of him. Oh yeah, he was always nice to me. Always talkative with me. Um, everyone liked him. All the teammates loved him. Um, he was just he was just a great great guy from what I remember. Was the Falcons? I mean, to this day, is that kind of your squad? You kind of still root for? root for Atlanta or do you even have a favorite NFL team at this point because you've been around so many different places I mean I was a Falcons fan until until Cam Newton got drafted okay so when Cam got drafted I shifted to the Panthers and I'm a diehard Panthers fan now just because of Cam yeah because of Cam Cam's my guy that's your guy yeah that is that's my favorite player what do you like about Cam Newton? Is that kind of a guy you maybe kind of model your game after a little bit? I see some, I see a little bit, a few similarities there. I mean, I try to. I mean, I'm not six, six, two hundred and fifty pounds, but <laughs> I really, I, I like the swag he brings to the game. I love his leadership, yeah. like the way, the way he plays and everything like that. How he doesn't back down for anybody, and that's just that's mainly what I try to model myself after. Hey, so, so what was it like for you? You, you mentioned you, you finally settled down to one spot. You're in the Bay Area. You're, you're living there for a good solid seven years. And now you find out you're going to Oregon. And you're moving to Eugene, go to Sheldon High School, big-time high school in the Oregon area. What was that initial, I don't want to say a shock, but what was it like initially for you moving out there? And, and how has the adjustment been for you so far over the, over the last year? Uh, i say it was great. I mean... Um, it wasn't that hard of a move, I wouldn't say, because when I was moving there, it was kind of like, I guess it was a big deal when I was going to Eugene, going to Sheldon. So, I mean, a lot of people knew who I, who I were, who I was. So I already had like kind of a set of brothers on move there. Like I already had like a friend group of like the football team and a lot of guys that I was cool with when I got there. So it was pretty much, it was an easy transition.
Now, I, I watched you last year um, at the Nike camp in Oakland. And then the, I hadn't seen you throw until I saw you in Las Vegas, probably about a month ago. And I hope you take this as a, as a compliment, but I feel like you made a huge jump in your development in that last year. Just mechanically, your release was tighter, smoother. You looked more comfortable, more confident. The ball just came out of your hand a little bit differently. Uh, do you feel like in the last year you, you've gotten a lot better? And, and what is that? Uh, what, what was able to? Uh, what, what was the you know kind of the big reason for the improvement? I know uh, at least I've heard you maybe worked out a little bit with Alex Brink, who I actually covered back when he was in high school. Uh, but uh, what what was the reasons why you you feel maybe you made such a big jump in your game over the last year? I, I would just say I made such a big jump in the last year, mainly because I feel like this last year is just the year where I put my head down and just decided to put the work in. I mean, before before uh, this past year, I was kind of relying on just my athletic ability and like God given talent. But um, this past year, I just really just embraced the grind with lifting weights and. Uh, diet and with working out, throwing and all those things. So I feel like it's just it's paying off. So that's actually that would be the main reason I really just embrace the process. What about I love that embrace the process. What about from a, a mechanical standpoint? I mean, quarterback position it's such a, it's so technical. Do you feel like maybe you spent more attention, maybe to the little details in terms of like again your feet, your balance, your release, all that kind of stuff? Uh, what made again that's right for the big jump. Um, I don't know, maybe if you you did or didn't in your own personal game, but w- what do you think was the reason for that improvement? And, and just from a, a mechanical standpoint, I'd say just doing 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 everything game speed, not um, okay. doing anything half speed with that. Like um, with, with with training with guys like Alex Brink and um, other people I've trained with, it's just you do everything like like it's a game, like game process. So your feet have to be pat, fast. It's not like it's one-on-ones or seven-on-seven where you can just catch the ball and shotgun and just stand there and just make a pass. It's like we're we're really just doing real concepts and real drops that they do at the next level and level after that. So i say that might be the main reason. And then also I'm like tweaking certain things with my throwing form, like pushing more off my back foot, um, squaring up to like, squaring up to my target after I throw, like bringing that back leg through after and certain things like that, little things. Are you, are you pretty content? Are you pretty happy? I, I know I wouldn't use the word satisfied because no one's ever satisfied. It's kind of almost saying like you don't need to get better. But are you, are you pretty content right now where you're at? Or, or what, what would you say would be maybe some of the biggest things you kind of still want to work on even before your fall season in, in just a few months here? I just want to become a better passer. Like I, I just want to uh, – I think I've gained more respect as a passer over this past – like over like over this off season, But – I just want to gain more respect, like as a passer. I want to be on the same level as a passer as like some of those pro-style quarterbacks that everyone talks about, and I want to put the work in and get there. So when I go to college, I I don't have to come from behind. I can already say like this dude can throw the ball. This dude doesn't have to really yeah. work with any mechanical things stuff like that. And I feel like that'll put me in the best position to go into college, put my best foot forward, and hopefully being able to play. I mean, you're such a gifted athlete. I, I watched you run your forty in Vegas, and dude, you like jogged a four five. I mean, it looked like you weren't even trying, but just because you were so smooth. Um, I mean, are you have you always been able to just run like that? I know your sister runs track, and so obviously you mentioned the mom, USC. Kind of, it's in the gene pool. But uh, do you still run a little little bit of track on the side out out there in Sheldon, or you kind of hung up the track cleats and just focus nothing but uh, nothing but football right now? Yeah, I, I'm doing nothing but football right now, and I was actually like. The fact that like I ran a four five, like I wasn't I wasn't expecting to run a four five. I knew I had I knew I had four five speed, 
But going into going into Vegas, like I just worked on throwing and work on all the things I was have to do while throwing the ball. But I didn't work on like my forty at all. I didn't run. I didn't huh. try anything out. So it's like I just got out and ran. When I heard I ran a four five eight, I was kind of I was kind of upset that I didn't put focus into running and I feel like I could have run a faster time than that if I'd actually prepared to run the 40. Shoot, right? Just your start alone, you can shave off a whole tenth of a second just on your just the first 10 yards just in your start and your, how you get out. Um, hey, let's talk a little Evan. Um, I love the fact I've always felt, you know, Mike, you're such a, you're extremely self-aware and I understand, you know, a lot of quarterbacks, it, it's, it's such an ego position, but you are extremely humble and able to take, you know, every, everything very constructively. I know that the, the first night there, um, you, you know, we talked a little bit afterwards and you're kind of like, hey, how'd you feel you did? And I'm like, you know, honestly, Mike, I thought you struggled a little bit compared to what I saw in Vegas. And you're like, man, I did too. I felt like I did too. But then you killed it the next day during the pro day workout. I think you're number two in the accuracy points. But, but just from a just from a quarterback standpoint, how, how fun was the whole experience for you at the Elite Eleven? What were some of the things that you learned, and, and kind of what, what did you take away from that whole experience out there? Um, it was just a really I took away a lot of positive things. I feel like it was a really life changing experience for me. Um, I did not expect to do half the things that we did there. To be completely honest, with like waking up at four forty five in the morning, going to hot yoga, escape room, things like that. <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, I, it, it really felt like it really felt like a college atmosphere to me, given the fact that when we walk in there, no one cares about rankings or anything like that. Like Coach Dilfer says, like, of all the people that can care less about rankings, I'm number one. And he says that, and that's like how it's going to be in college. You walk in there, no matter if you're a five-star, four-star, three-star, like everyone's on a clean slate and everyone is going to compete for the same job and everyone's equal. Like stars do not matter. Stars disappear, disappear once you sign the letter of intent. So... I feel like that was a college atmosphere and then taking everything so seriously with whether it's like meetings and uh, film review, breaking down defenses, um, taking notes, being around those college guys and how they prepare and hearing them talk about their journey and what their college uh, college playing time has been like. And I feel like that was just a big thing about me, uh, about being there. It was, I took a lot of positive away from that. Yeah, I mean, give us kind of give us a little bit more, like more of a behind-the-scenes look. Obviously, you know, media or even family, all they see is you guys on the field. But what was what was you know what was the rest of it like? You, you mentioned get up at four thirty for a hot yoga. But what, what was that all about? Like, did you guys know ahead of time you're getting up at four thirty, or they kind of do the whole you know maybe still just come in your room and wake everyone up at four thirty and say let's go? They said they said, and I quote, "Bus leaves at five thirty tomorrow morning and everyone was all like wait what are we doing like why are we leaving at 5 30 and then this, the response was the bus leaves at 5 30 tomorrow morning so everyone's like okay so when they say the bus is leaving at 5 30 in the morning that means you need to be on the bus in your seat no later than 5 15 so i got up i got up at 4 45 got down on the bus maybe 5 505 and we didn't know where we were going until we got there we ended up going to a yoga place and it was a hot yoga. We did that for about an hour, hour and a half, and that was that was hard. It really it really tests uh, the mind of you. It shows how mentally tough you are. Some people are going to break. Some people are going to give up. Some people are going to fight through it because um, they're mentally tough. And I feel like that was that's part of it. Um, and then from there, we still we still have no idea. Like that whole day before 
before the pro day, like the whole day, we had no idea what we were doing until we got back to the hotel. So we didn't know we were going to hot yoga. After hot yoga, we went to the beach, and that was when we were introduced to Dr. Juve, and that was really big. He was pretty much telling us how to free our mind, how to be at peace with our mind, and how to... He, he was really unique with, with, with things he was saying, and you can tell he knew what he was talking about. He's pretty much a psychological genius, if you ask me. I think that's, I mean, like, that's his job, so... Yeah, that was yeah. really cool doing that. And we went to the escape room, and um, I was one of the two groups that got out in the escape room. And that was really fun. And that was really um, a good thing to like. You're not getting out of the escape room unless every single person in your group has a part. No one, no one. If you put one person in the escape room, I'm, I get, he's not going to get it done. Like not not in that time is my is my opinion. So I feel like the group I was in with uh, Dylan Morris, um, Shay. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> um, Jacob Conover, all those, all those guys. I feel like it really, we really worked good together as a team, and we used our minds to get out of that thing. And that was, that was really good. That was a really big thing. That was, and that was fun. And then from there, yeah. we um, went back to the hotel, and then that's when we had lunch, and that's when we started the pro day interviews and the tape review and the uh, playbook study and things like that. Yeah, so again, kind of go about the, those interviews. I heard it was it was pretty hardcore interview with like five or six people on a panel, kind of throwing every question. Some of them easy, you know, some little softball questions, and some kind of hard, designed to kind of see, you know, if you guys truly kind of have the psychological profile to be a, a QB at the highest level. What were some of the questions that you remember being asked? Um, I remember being asked. Because uh, in our essay we had to write it was part of it was like name a time when you face adversity, and I named the time that I, I I brought up last year, last year at the regional in Oakland, um, going in there number one dual threat in the country. I I feel like I was on top of the world. Like I thought that I was the best ever, and all the stuff that I I done was just really big and cool to me. And I thought that, like, I didn't really have to put the work in. I thought that I'd made it. Like, I was just there, and that nothing was required. I could just show up and do what I needed to do. And I just ended up, and honestly, I kind of got embarrassed with um, kind of not doing as well as I had hoped to. So I feel like that was part of the issue. And then after that, it's like I started taking things a little bit more seriously. And when I moved to Oregon, I started working with um, Alex Brink and things like that. And, like, that's always been in the back of my head. So I, I almost felt like I had something to prove when I came to the regional and in Vegas. So that was something they asked me about. They asked me about, they asked me about how I brought that up. And I told them how I lived my life during that, I, during that point of my life, I lived by what other people were saying about me. I lived my life on Twitter. Like I thought that I was great and I thought that I'd made it. That's because just because of that's what people were saying about me. So I had no self-confidence in myself. My confidence was built off what other people were saying. So when that, when that showing happened and people weren't exactly saying the same things about me, it made me have to, find myself and find my mind and find my own confidence with what I'm with what I put in the work in and what I was doing and that's some deep stuff MJ I like that a lot hey I always ask players this question I don't, I don't know how much you even paid attention to it but who, who were the who were the other quarterbacks that maybe impressed you the most not so much you know the off the field stuff but just when you're out, the, out there on the field during the workouts any anybody kind of jump out for you as, as a guy who are like man this guy can really throw the football um, I would say, I mean, I don't, I almost seen, I'd seen almost like I'd seen Bo Nix already. I'd yeah. seen Dylan Morris. I knew, I knew, I knew those guys were legit, but I'd say 
Uh, Spencer Rattler. I, I okay. hadn't seen him before. He was legit. I liked him. And then uh, Max Duggan. Max Duggan was a baller. I, I think. Yeah, I was a fan. I liked Max a lot. Hey, who, who was yeah. your roommate out there? Uh, Sam Howell was my roommate. Okay. You guys get along pretty well? You guys click a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, we got along. We were, we were pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, so I got to ask you, uh, kind of kind of winding down here, and again, I really appreciate you joining us, uh, Michael, but uh, recruiting. I know you got your first official visit coming up this weekend to Penn State. Um, how excited are you to get out to Happy Valley and experience, you know, all about Penn State football? I'm really excited. I mean, it's first one. Um, I'm, re- I'm really looking hard at that school. Um, I just can't wait. And then again, I, we talked during the week. It, it seems like you, you kind of put out a list of you know seven schools at one point, maybe about a month ago. But has there been kind of some shuffling? Obviously, since that list came out, a couple schools took quarterbacks. I you have some new schools that are still kind of still kind of talking to you that weren't on your initial list. Whether it be a West Virginia, a, a Texas A&M, a Florida State. You know, right now, Michael, kind of what what is the list? I mean, obviously Penn State's up there. You're visiting this weekend, but who are the other schools that you would say are, are the ones you're really focusing in on at this point? I'd say I'd say Penn State, NC State, uh, Florida State, Miami, of course, um, West Virginia. Those are the schools I'm really really focused on right now. Okay. Now you said Miami, of course. What does that, of course, there mean, Michael Johnson? Are you giving us a little hint? Are the are the Canes kind of the school that we should be uh, we should be focusing in on with you, or did you say, of course, because everyone seems to talk about Miami quite a bit when they talk about Michael Johnson? Yeah, I say everyone talks about Miami when they talk when they talk about me. So, I mean, I feel like everyone who follows me knows that how Seattle knows I'm really serious about Miami and how much I like their staff and like the yeah. university. So, yeah, you've already um, been out there I'm one thinking. time, right? You've already took an yeah, unofficial man. visit over this. Over this, what do you remember most about that visit and Coach Rick? I just remember the family atmosphere being there. Um, it's just a family atmosphere. Everyone practice. Everyone's going to compete, and it's just it's just a great time. Now you have not set up any other official trips yet, have you? No, I have not set up any. Actually, I have one to Florida State on the twenty second to twenty fourth. Florida State. Okay, and again, that's kind of a school that wasn't on your initial list of seven. What, what did they do to kind of jump in the mix? Um, well, it was, what was it, say that one more time? I said Florida State. I don't believe they were on your initial list of seven that you put out a few weeks ago. What, what were they able to do to kind of jump in the mix and, and be a, a, a serious contender for you right now? I just say, just they just picked the recruiting back up and really, really, really recruited me hard, and that was really that was a big thing. Now, ironically, you mentioned Sam Howe was your roommate, correct? Yes. And he's a Florida State commit. Did you guys talk at all about, about Florida State? Kind of say, hey, I, I know they want to bring. I'm assuming they want to bring in two quarterbacks if they're still recruiting you. But did, did Florida State ever come up in your conversations together when you and Sam were kind of just hanging out? Oh, uh, not not exactly, not really. I mean, I asked them about um, the staff a little bit. We talked about it a little bit, but it wasn't really a, a big topic that we talked about. Okay. Now, would you have a, a best case time frame for when you'd like to like to be committed? I know you know at one point you mentioned you'd love to do it by the end of June, uh, but I know you also told me you know your the the Miami trip that you probably would take would be more more of July. 
um, for their, their, you know, their big event. Are we thinking now, time frame-wise, we think in mid-July, late July, we're we going to push this into August, or ha have you even kind of, kind of ha settled down on, a, on an actual date yet? Uh, I'm not. I haven't settled down on a date. I just say I want to get it over sooner than later, but uh, I say when I know is what I'm going to okay. decide. So I, don't, I have no idea when that's going to be. When you know, you know. Yes. Right? When you know, you know. So we got, right now we've got Penn State this weekend. We've got Florida State in late June. Miami potentially unofficially. Would that be an unofficial or an, or an official, the one that you do with Miami in, in July? That would be an unofficial. Okay. So I think you can't take officials after June, right? Yeah, you can't take any after June. Okay. Would you, would you take any other officials other than, other than FSU? Are you looking at maybe a, a West Virginia or an NC State for an official trip this month? I'm looking at NC State for an official trip, and I'm trying to okay. I'm trying to work out a date. And then, what is my last one for you, Michael? What what would, what would be the biggest? What are the couple biggest factors for you in, in making your decision? What are you looking for in a school? From you know, we looking looking at depth charge, looking at just relationship with the coaches, looking at uh, style of offense. What are the biggest factors for you? I'd say the depth chart and the relationship with coaches. Not like depth chart as in like which where can I go and like start from day one. I feel like it's a place where I know I'm going to have a chance to uh, play, know where I'm going to have a chance to go in and compete and um, earn a starting job. So that's what I'm really looking for. A good relationship would call it with the offensive staff and a chance where I can go in and, and compete. Well said. Beautiful. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate you, man. Thanks, thanks for coming on with us and uh, wish, you nothing, wish you nothing but the best of luck from here on out. I appreciate it. Yep, you got it, man. Thanks, Michael. All right, we appreciate Michael Johnson Jr. for coming on. It's always a pleasure to have not only top prospects in the country on the show, but big-time young men who are going to lead this nation forward, GB. Like you said earlier in the show, terrific human being, raised well by Michael Johnson, his father, who recruited me out of high school when he was at Oregon State. High character, high-quality men. And, uh, again, he shows that here on the show, GB. No, I mean, highly intelligent, very well-spoken, just a fun kid to be around and I, I like a, I like the kid a lot. One of those guys that's so easy to root for. Hopefully he goes and has a great college career, wherever that is. And, uh, yeah, you know he's going to be successful no matter what area of field he chooses, whether it's football or something else. He's always going to be good at it. There's no doubt about it. He's picking from a big-time list of schools. Again, I think he needs to get with a proven quarterback developer, not a guy who is you know new to the game or new to a system, a guy who is proven in the game and developing quarterbacks. I think once he does that, he will be on his way to superstardom because when he pulls it down, he's an absolute terror to deal with. At six foot two and a half, six three, and two hundred and five pounds running four five flat. And I think that's only gonna improve as he continues to mature and get bigger and stronger. But uh, again, we appreciate Michael Johnson Jr. for being on the show. That's going to bring us to a close here on The Transparent Truth. Follow my partner, Greg Biggins, at Greg Biggins on Twitter. Follow me, at Coach Keith underscore MP. Follow the show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow each show on YouTube. We are on there. Find us. It's The Transparent Truth. How do you miss this show? It's the number one high school football podcast in America. Without further ado, we're going to bring this baby to a close. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name's Reggie Hammond. Yabby cool.